better, okay? Because it happened to me a few months ago. My mom, she broke her hip, and we were just flooded with food. It's like a goddamn potluck, but all it was was just a full compost bin because half that shit was inedible, all right? Keep the chicken casserole at home, Janet. You don't know how to season. No one wants it. It's bad. It's not good. And they always ask you, they always ask you the open-ended question. They always ask you, if there's ever anything you need, don't hesitate to reach out. Right? Always the same fucking question. I want to take advantage of that question next time. Next time I get asked that, I'm going to be like, you know what would make me feel better? A new fucking TV. That's what would make me feel better. The new Obi-Wan show's coming out. I want to watch it in 4K. But the reason why people ask that question is because it gets their guilt off their chest, right? It's just really so they feel better. They don't really want to help. It's just so they feel better. They feel like they're making a difference. But I want to test it. Uh, how far are they willing to go? Next time I get asked, like, if there's any, anything, ever anything you need, don't hesitate to ask. I'm going to be like, you know what would make me feel better? Six ounces of black tar heroin. That's what I want. They'll be like, oh, no, 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 that's not really what I meant. I'll be like, no, 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 you said what you wanted. It would make me feel better. Get on the line with the cartel, Janet, all right? Give them your casserole. Maybe they'll give you a discount. I don't know. That's all I got for that. I, um, what was I going to do? Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, you guys ever heard of the phrase toxic masculinity? You ever heard that phrase before? Yes, toxic masculinity. If you want to see it in real time, tell a man he has soft hands. Um, you'll see it up close and personal. Uh, yeah, so if you don't know what it is, it's when a man, he suppresses his insecurities and then, f and then asserts dominance over others by becoming, you know, arrogant or rude. I would love a little bit of that. I'm going to be honest with you. I would love just a little bit of it, right? I'm very insecure, just enough so I don't get anxious when I get a phone call, you know? I just want to feel a little more confident. I want to feel a little good. I would, use, I would use it for good. I wouldn't be an asshole about it, you know? I could take some from someone who's not doing any good, like a Brett Kavanaugh or like a Jake Paul. They're not using it for any good. I want it. I see it all the time, toxic masculinity. I see it. It blows my mind. I was at a party one time, and this guy walks in. And he goes up to the first girl he sees, and he goes, you're hot. You're coming home with me. I could never do that in a million years. Never. One time I was in my car and I saw a beautiful woman walking on the sidewalk and I glanced up at her respectfully. I looked at her up and down and then she made eye contact with me and I audibly said alone in my car, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know why, but I did. So bad. That's such a beta move, that's what it is. The only time I have a little bit of toxic masculinity is to myself. It's my inner dialogue, it's really what it is. Like if I'm at a restaurant, it'll be like yelling at myself, like, order quicker, the waitress thinks you're a pussy. <laughs> Tell. I'll see my reflection on the street and be like, I could fucking kick that guy's ass, I could. And then I'm shadow boxing the air like a TL crackhead, you know? And then I lose to myself, that's how weak I am, I lose every time. All right, that's all I got, thank you everybody. Ian Langlands, weak in muscles but strong in comedy, yay. I'll take it. I don't know. I didn't. You always have. I don't know what your muscles look like. You were just talking about being weak, and I was trying to be a good host. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm high. Uh, your next comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody. It's Dorian Trung. Yay! How's it going, everyone? Uh, I always thought uh, when people died from their addictions are like super cool. 
And then I realized it's not as cool when I tell people I'm killing myself with food. So I had to give that up. Um, I used to be 300 pounds, and then I lost the weight because I didn't want to work on my personality. You know, I mean, I'm still fat, but, you know, not fat enough for a child to stop me in the middle of the street to make an announcement, you know what I mean? You know, when a kid's like, Mom, look, he's fat. Which is always awkward, you know, when you uh, have to hit someone else's kid. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, have, I have what people call a, a dad bod, but I'm trying to get down to stepdad bod. I just want my body to be good enough, to, you know, to impress the single moms. But, like, messy enough so that her kids knew, know that, like, her mom, their mom could do better. But she can't. She can't. But, I mean, who, who am I joking? I mean, I can't do better either. Like, if I wanted to do better, I would have to be rich, and there's no way I could make that happen. I've admitted it. But a stepdad bot is not bad. You know, it's kind of like driving a used Corolla. You know, I could, you're always afraid that I'll die on you, but, you know, it's more reliable than you think. <laughs> I, uh, I have a hard time dating. Um, I don't really have a face for a Tinder. My, my face is more suited for like blind dates and arranged marriages. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like the guy that you match, you know, with your fourth favorite daughter, the lesbian of the family. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, Tinder is, is, uh, is very interesting. You know, I feel as a man, it's way easier to catfish people online. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't even need to use uh, filters or anything. I could just lie to them with words. You know, on Tinder, I say crazy things like I'm a male feminist. You know what I mean? Like, saying I'm a male feminist is like a woman telling guys, like, they don't care about money. Like, almost everyone says it, but, like, none of us actually believe it. Uh, my friend tried to give me some dating advice. He said, uh, look, you just got to be more aggressive. Stop being such a beta bitch. I was like, dude, why you got to poke me in the chest so hard? Ugh. I mean, I, 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 I'm not an alpha male, you know. You know, the ladies might see me and they think like, oh yeah, I could be, I'll be safe with him. But you know, who knows? I'm, I'm built like, uh, you know, one of those home security stickers that you put on the window. Like it might deter most, but if someone breaks in, you'll wish you had the real thing. You know. <laughs> what else do I have here? Uh, I guess some dark ones would be good about now. I'm uh, I'm quite the hypocrite, you guys. I uh, I really want world peace, but I also really want there to be a drone strike on my neighbors. Because I mean, they keep playing the damn music, you know what I mean? Like, I think like unwanted music is probably like the worst thing you could hear from your neighbor. I would almost say it's worse than hearing your neighbor beat their wife. Because a beating only lasts a couple of seconds, and after that, they go through what they call a honeymoon phase, which is. Honestly, honeymoon for everyone around them is great. It's so quiet. All right, I think that's my time. Thank you. Dorian Trung, everyone. All right. Uh, I'm going to run around and, and do my time now because we're waiting for a couple people on the list. So, yay. After the misogynist drone strike, knock, knock. Yeah. Predator drone. Don't answer your door, you're dead. There's a predator drone. Do you know anything about predator drones? That was dumb. 
these little flies are like predator drones right now. Who are they going to land on? How are you here? Are you neither of you are comedians? You're just neighbors that are like, we want some comedy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Thank you for being here. This is very exciting. I feel like we're already friends. I can let you know that I, uh, my clit is so big I can use a Cheerio as a cock ring. <laughs> I'm not actually a comedian. I'm just single and not on any dating apps. And so just whenever I see a microphone, I'm like, hey, something could happen. How cute is your dad? How much do you hate your mom? Dang, that's right, I met your mom, she is cool. I'm just, I'm shopping to be a stepmom right now. They, they say dress for the job you want and I wanna be a stepmom in Walnut Creek. Thank you, yeah, after this whole month of Women's History Month and being a strong, independent feminist is hard. Just wanna be a dependent now. I'm like, can you just, I just put feminism back 40 years, but I don't care. I still, I'm hoping someday there'll be some rich man in, in Walnut Creek listening to some strange podcast with his seven and nine-year-old there. And I don't know. I can dream. I just want to, I could just be a nanny, I suppose. <laughs> I don't, then I wouldn't have to fuck him. Although maybe sometimes the nanny does. So I, I used to be a nanny. Um, and here's the thing. Having sex on top of a baby is not pedophilia, okay? Because the baby's here, and like I'm getting banged from behind. I'm making eye contact with the baby, right? And the baby can only see like 15 inches in front of its face anyway. And just because the baby's first words are, uh, uh, doesn't make me a bad nanny. It makes me a bad nanny. Cool. I used to do this. I used to nanny, and it was great. And... The best thing about it is you get like, it's like nanny 2.0, ooh, it's like this new workout program, ooh. So when you do in the, the baby cart, you like go up the hills and you keep a pace and you do this and then you change your arms so you can get the bye-bye arms when you wave and it goes bye-bye. And the best part is that when your heart rate gets above a certain rate for 20 minutes, you start burning fat and I smoke and eat so much weed that I get high off my own. I get to the top of the hill with the baby and I'm like, Woo! We did it! Parents are here! Let's play on the playground! I don't even have to smoke. I'm just high. It's fun. Did you know that? When you... Okay. When you burn your... There's another... This is exciting. I'm not drinking tonight, uh, but I do really enjoy drinking. And I want to hang out with a small child because I want to win the science fair. Uh, and it might not be the most appropriate thing, but it's basic chemistry. So sometimes in the morning... Uh, I throw up because I'm an alcoholic. And so I go to the, to the refrigerator and I drink a cup of cold water. Now, if I have a small child and I drink eight ounces of 38 degree water and then I vomit 22 minutes later and the child takes the temperature of the water, how many calories did I burn being an alcoholic? We can have graphs. We can win the science first. You remember basic science. See, yeah. No one ever gets that joke because they're all too dumb. Here's another joke I can never do. Uh, no one reads the Bible. Heathens here. Sodom and Gomorrah. Terrible people. No, it's fine. I, I mean, I, okay. I love reading the Bible, though. I like to mine it for feminist tropes. And there's, I learned everything I know about feminism from the Bible. Two books, Esther and Ruth. Oh, I love it. It's topical right now. Passover, Esther, the whole thing. How did Esther save the entire Jewish people? How did she do that? Was she clever? Good at sports? A great orator? Nay, she had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. That was 
Her name was Hadassah. They changed it to Esther. Far less Jewy. One last joke. Uh, I have a fetish for uncircumcised guys. Clearly. Yeah, right? Yeah. Circumcision, his choice, his decision. It's not lop off the tips of our baby's dicks. I mean, Jews do it fine. You got the covenant with Yahweh. He can do whatever he wants with those foreskins. Put them on his fingers. Eat them off like olives. Calamari on a salad. Yeah, we're thinking, yeah. So maybe you'll know where I'm going with this. I want to take an uncircumcised guy. I want to pull up his dick. Pull his foreskin up over his dick. Put a shot of Jameson in his foreskin. Because I want whiskey dick for real. And I finally get what I want. It's twofold. Uh, one, I'm an alcoholic and I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey. And two, boys are gross. And you have to clean out all that schmegma. Yay! I'm your host back there, Pam Benjamin, trying to make you laugh. This is crazy. Brady, are you ready? All right. Fuck yeah. Uh, your jacket today is made. I do not doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. It, oh. yeah, you are 100% a believer. Put your hands together, everybody, for Brady Pearson. Oh my God. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? You too. Hi. How are you two doing? It's very excited to have you two here. I, I know Lauren. Lauren is the famed creator of um, Giraffe Corner, a multi-platinum famous little show on YouTube. We should all talk about that. But thank you two for being here. Now, does um, I have a question? Does anybody? Okay, do you see my shirt? It's, what does it say? Like I drag San Francisco. Does anybody here speak homosexual? Because that's what that means. Is that not normal? Okay. Does anybody here speak heterosexual? Because I have some questions for you. If we, I just want us all to get along. Okay. So earlier today, we heard this comedian talk about being an alpha male. Are any, there any alpha males in this room? Keith? That doesn't count. She has more balls than all of us. So there's, so there's an alpha. Are, are you a beta then? We don't even know. Are you guys, are you straight? Can I ask? I mean, like, you're straight? Both of you? Oh, okay. Well, that, we'll see about that after the show. I mean, I can work on that. Um, but yeah, so I was thinking, okay, so alpha and, alpha and beta, so one is the more dominant. Is that what it is? Can you help me understand? Is that what it is, Keith? And so beta is more like a bitch, like something like you can put down the beta, right? Okay, so I just want you all to know that like we speak the same terms. I want to give you some gay speak today. We call that, say it with me now, top and bottom. So right, so now if you're a beta, it means I can come and fuck you. Oh damn it, that didn't come off as crap, but I can still do it. Right, I mean, you're not as excited about that as I am, okay. All right, that's fine. Started doing comedy a little later in life and uh, just turned 50 odd and it's really exciting. I have to say that because what nothing thrills me more than having 30-year-old comics coming up to me and going, or speaking like, oh my God, I just turned 30. Just turned 30. No one else has ever turned 30 before in their lives. They have no idea how it's done. There haven't been novels or written or even a shitty boomer show called 30 fucking something. You have a fucking rule book, you dumb cunts. I am so old that I have probably swallowed your siblings. Your dad was great. 
He really was, and you're welcome. I mean, you didn't want that intercepting library, did you? No. I am doing service to God and the children. This is what I tell myself when I'm sucking cock late at night. Speaking of sucking a lot of cock. So I've been sucking cock for so long, it begs the existential question of, like, how many miles of cock have I sucked? Like, I mean, the average cock is, what, are you six? Maybe? My turn. Ah, that's not going much anywhere, so. Well, it is, and math is hard. I'm Barbie. <laughs> math is hard. And if it's hard, you know I love it. Um... <laughs> But I'm going to leave you with a little song about the boys' camp that I really wish I'd gone to in Lake Putitinmi, Wisconsin. And it goes something like this. <coughs> Camp Putitinmi, actually. Oh, I love you, Putitinmi. Putitinmi every day. I love you, Putitinmi. Putitinmi all the way. On your shores, put it in me. I am yours, put it in me. But it's in me every gay. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brady. Yay! Brady Pearson! And his commitment to Sparkle Motion! Yay! Oh my god, you, you kind of look like an exploded pi pinata had a had a orgy. <laughs> That's what I would call that jacket. Exploded pinata orgy. Fun time. Brady Pearson. All right, it's a compliment. I love it. I would wear that in a second. Oh my God, with like some white stretch pants, dear God. I don't know, I just thought white stretch pants are like really white tight jeans. I think those would be fun. Cause like pick up, there's the, anyway. Your next comedian comes to us uh, by way uh, from all over the world actually, from Brooklyn and Portland and everything else. Put your hands together for Keith Hemingway. I wish I explored more places than New York and Portland. Cause that's all, no. I, I've discovered uh, San Francisco, and I've discovered L.A. Um, I don't think I want to go back to L.A. <laughs> L.A. is a different type of fear. It's like, do I want to get shanked in this corner, or do I want to get pissed on in this corner? And apparently, I'm still here, so showers still exist, and um, I don't have no medical bills from L.A. Yay! But L.A. is a nice time. I, I like I like San Francisco too. This town, y'all don't have leg day. You expected to have leg day because you have hills. But it's not about the leg day, it's about the toes. You guys are toe strong in this town because of all the shit you gotta step over, literally. Like, you have to treat every block like a Michael Jackson video. You just gotta doom, doom, doom. Get some on the back of your feet like, ah, come on. I, I can't really dance like Michael Jackson. I didn't practice. I wasn't one of those kids that was in, even though I think, no, I can't moonwalk. I, I wasn't one of those kids that can do that. But uh, I gotta be careful sometimes when I'm stepping over the shit because some of them come in a, a weird pattern and it could look like I'm crip walking and that would get me in a lot of trouble these days, man. I don't know, I can't do that out here. Come on in, lady, we have free comedy. I saw you smiling, you can't hide. Yeah, come on, nope, 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 nope. Dedication, come on. All right, two minutes, sit down. There you go, see? Come on, you can't give me two minutes? <laughs> I was trying to answer that in the most professional comedic way, but then I was like, mm. yeah, no. he made me forget like almost all my jokes when she said that shit too. It's all good. But you know what? Because 
it's, I'm, it's special because I'm all the way here from Brooklyn, New York. You know that? And I know you're looking like, damn, what made you come out here? And just for you, I'm going to let you know this right now. I'm on my white girl world tour right about now, you know? <laughs> I'm out here. I'm teaching white women how to braid hair and fry chicken, you know? Because they, they say they want to give back to the black community. They say black lives matter, black lives matter. But they always still choose to swallow. And I'm just confused on that one. I was like, I thought we was here to procreate, not give you a protein shake. It's... Now I like white women. My, what? I got, I, I, like, I'm a connoisseur. I'm like a, a connoisseur of white women, so I like to test around. So I've had the ghetto. I've had the racist. I have, I've had the white mocha vodka, mocha, lot, mocha vodka marijuana lattes, you know? Some of them come with shrooms. Others come with Coke, you know? No? Nobody had that type of white girl yet? No? Which one are you? The, co the Coke or the shrooms? Officer, damn, that's the first time I got confused for a cop. <laughs> even better, undercover. Every people just look at me like, hey, what's up, man? Can I get some again? What? I don't even know you. What? Hold on, let me go to the corner, man. Fuck. I be carrying my backpack around on me. My cops be looking at me. They 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 look like they want to stop me every time. But anybody here plays Assassin's Creed? No, nobody knows what Assassin's Creed is. All right, Assassin's Creed is a video game. And there's certain parts of that video game you can walk into and you hide. So when I'm in, in San Francisco, if I'm not in like mission area, I'll run back to Tenderloin and I'll look like everybody else because they can't even tell. And if they shine a light on me too hard, I'll just back into a corner, take a shit. And they're like, yep, he's a San Franciscan. He's paid, he's paid his taxes. He's good, leave him alone, leave him alone. He's good, he's good, he's good. But uh, you know what, I like like, I like that people don't, I, what I don't like is that people don't get me mixed up with like a black celebrity. Like I wish people would get me mixed up with Keith Sweat, but then I gotta remember I'm a comedian and people like to be assholes towards me. So they be like, yeah, you can't be Keith Sweat cause who's gonna remember you? Nobody. And you know, that's kind of fair if you know that song. You know that song? Oh man, you a player in the bedroom, huh? You got, you uh-uh, no, don't blame it. Yeah, uh-huh, we, we, we all got that friend, asking for a friend. Hey, what's that key song, a asking for a friend, not me. I don't, I don't do, I'm a good guy in the bedroom, maybe just H-Town. Oh, see, even, look, 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 just going, just, you know, as men, you know we just dig ourselves into China, it just, we just can't get out of that hole. I mean, we're men, though. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got a reaction out of you. Okay, I know how to get you now. All right, so I know I'm running out of time a little bit, so I'm gonna tell you guys now. We all can see that this comedy stuff is not working out for me, and that's okay. It's all right, because I already got my plan B in action. I already got it all down packed. After this, I'm gonna be an exotic dancer, okay? And my stage name is gonna be Chicken Strip. My theme song, Stacy's mom, because I need a stepmom to buy me a PS5 nowadays. I'm sure it's expensive. All right, baby, my name is Keith Hemway. Yeah. <laughs> keep your hands clapping for Keith Hemingway. And keep them clapping for your next comedian, everybody, Lauren Kraut. Yay! Hello. How are you? The first thing anyone sees about me now is that I'm old, and I hate that. I sometimes wonder if old precedes lady or white, because there's race also 
So what comes first, the old lady or the, the chicken? I'm trying to think of the rest of it, shit. Oh, and there's also LOL, which also stands for little old lady, or in my case, little old lesbian. And an LOL, LOL is an urging to grandma to enjoy the fuck out of her life. Laugh out loud, little old lady. Why you still can? Why you still can? I don't know why I loved, I love that joke. I don't know, it's, it's not going anywhere, but I, I just love doing it. Okay. Why do we have to be afraid of God? Why is there fear? Why can't we, I mean, there's respect, yes, certainly. Honor, yes. But why do we have to be afraid of God? Because I think when you have fear in a relationship, it's just a recipe for disaster. Hear me out. <laughs> Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Fear, right? Be afraid, mortal. Be very afraid. Oh, shit. This is so new. This is so new. Um, I'm doing, thank you. Ah, uh, fuck. All right, look at that. Sorry. Uh, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember, and it's not coming back. So um, I was on the bus the other day, and there was this man that came in, and, uh, or he was on the bus already, and he had a rolling walker in front of him, and he didn't have a mask. He had a long white gauze that he had looped around his ear and then wrapped around his nose and kind of over his head, and his mouth was sticking out, and he was just, I don't know, was like that. But he was sitting there, and his walker got away from him a couple of times, and we tried to bring it back. And uh, then this other guy gets on the bus, and he recognizes this old guy. And he says, I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. And the old guy's like, I'm not dead. He says, I really did. I thought something had happened to you. He goes, no, I'm still here. He goes, give me your number. Give me your number. I, we can get together. Remember Ramon? We can get together with Ramon. And he's like, uh, and he's patting down, and he's looking in his, his wheel, his walker thing, and he's trying to find his number, and he's like, 415-644-644, and we're, we're like, come on, come on, come on, get the, get the number, get the number, and the guy's bus stop, is, the second guy's bus stop is coming up, and he's scrambling, he rips off a thing of paper from his grocery bag, and he says, he's starting to write that down, and when the guy stops in mid-number, he drips off another piece of paper. It says, you call me. I'll give you my number. You call me. And he writes down the number, and he gets off, and the, and the old guy is standing there, sitting there, and he's saying, I, I remember him from, like, I've known him for, like, 60 years. And we say, yes, we could see that. It was quite a reunion. And he says, um, I went to school with him. And we say, oh, isn't that a small world that you ran into him? And he goes, I never did like that guy. His sister was cute, but he's an asshole. <laughs> Thank you. I'll end on a tried and true joke, because I, I owe you one. Um, let's pause for a brief moment and reflect on the concept of time. Everyone knows about it. We use it all the, follow it or not. You're late. I lost track of time. You work for it. 
part-time, full-time, overtime, all the fucking time. You get it done in next to no time or at your earliest convenience. Fuck you, I'm busy. You took your sweet time. Come on, man, I don't have all the time in the world. First time, next time, this is the last time. You're wasting time, and I got time to kill. What the hell time is it? Time's up, Miss Kraut, at any point in time. But you can't touch it, can you? And we have happy hour, children's hour, darkest hour, hourglass. Minute waltz, minute steak, New York minute, in a minute, just a minute, just a second, split second, hold on a second, who's the second, what's the first? I don't know, third base. Well, that's my time. Thank you very much. Hallelujah! Lord Crowd, everyone! Hooray! We got all the time in the world for Lauren Crowd. Hell yeah! All right, your next comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Dan Britton! Yay! Hola. Um, I just came from the Giants game. That was really fun. They did. It's really, it's, it's an interesting game that I find exceptional, exceptionally fascinating. But really, when you think about it, it's just people hitting leather with wood and rolling around on the ground. So it's not, it's not complicated or anything. This isn't a joke. It's just I've had a nice day out in the sun. I'll have to pick that up later. It didn't land on the chair I wanted it to. <laughs> I'm Irish. Um, that's, that means that I'm a predisposition to be uh, killed by feelings or suppression of those. What's up, Hillary? I don't have anything interesting to say. What's your name? Chris. That's a shitty fucking name. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. That's, a, that's actually my brother's name. What's your name? Jeff. Jeff and Chris. You two together? <laughs> Jeff, I'm really sorry. Uh, Chris, I'm really sorry. Jeff just isn't into you like that, I guess. Sorry about that. You're not. Oh. Do you do you come in a bogo? A bogo? Can I get both of you for the price of one? I I always uh I always like the boho buy one get one half off the boho. Anyway, I <laughs> I like uh, I like bowling. I, I I don't really like tennis. Um, I I am a big fan of sex and um, film noir. Um, it's provided that there's not too much racism hidden within the subtext of film noir. Um, <laughs> this is basically me rewriting the Constitution of the United States. Thomas Jefferson would be so pissed off if he was like, I have to give this shit for brain the freedom of speech. Like, he's not using it for anything valuable. I feel like out of all, like, a lot of sports teams have names that that are just unnecessary and don't make sense. Like, I don't think there's ever been a single pirate within the city of Pittsburgh not not once that that would have been a <laughs> am i the only one am i the only one who thinks that r&b singers in music videos um are the only people who ever have to stand like this i'm sorry baby it's like why don't you tell her instead of this room of awkwardly 
half filled with furniture place that you may be moving out of, but you have no boxes, so I'm just a little confused. It seems to me that rappers in music videos don't walk like you and I do. Like, I walk like this, they walk like, <laughs> with the shoulders going these degrees, and it's like, they also hold microphones much differently than comedians. They hold microphones like this. Why did the chicken cross the road? Because the chicken can go anywhere it fucking wants to. This is America. My brother actually dated a girl that, uh, <laughs> this fucking lady, she, uh, <laughs> I was going to say bitch, but that was, <laughs> anyway, uh, she was, she was a super liberal. She was all about animal rights. She lived in New York, and uh, she took a, a class in college about, like, chickens and slaughterhouses and procedures and whatnot. So she started a GoFundMe to save chickens from, uh, New from California that were going to be slaughtered. And she literally raised enough money to charter a plane to fly all of the chickens across the United States to a chicken sanctuary. And I just... I always think to myself, uh, chickens aren't meant to fly, and that's why they can't fly with wings. Uh, and you probably shouldn't put them in first class as well, because they're chickens. Need I say more? Okay. <laughs> so anyway, as we wrap up this wonderful um, bonanza of unconnected weird thoughts that I've had today. I just want to say that I really love being a comic and I love the city and I love Chris and Jeff and Hillary and Lauren and Pam and I just hope that everybody has a beautiful weekend with nice weather and happiness and friends. Good night everyone. Yay! That was so sweet. Wishing us a happy weekend and we're all friends. I know what your next comedian's gonna be doing all weekend. She's gonna be riding her bike up and down hills all over San Francisco and Marin Cal, the counties. Look at her ass, it looks great. Put your hands together for Hillary Lannon. According to my girlfriends, they say I have an ass of a toddler because I have no hips. So yeah, I, I they were saying that that was a compliment, but I don't think it was. So okay, I'm sorry, I know, I walked in when Dan was like asking you guys if you were an item, which I don't, care about that but are you comics or are you just regular people you're like real human beings wow so how did you end up here just saw the sign and uh-huh blame him that's a good bet so wait how did you find out about this okay oh cool yeah 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 nice you, are you just a like comedy fan or do you have aspirations to do comedy Oh yeah, me too. It's actually like, sorry, this is not the set I was gonna do at all, but um, it's do it. I just started doing stand up at the beginning of the year, and it's really saved my life because no, that's a, well, that's maybe not so dramatic. But I basically stopped drinking and stopped doing all the other things except for weed. I mean, weed doesn't count, and occasionally mushrooms. That also doesn't count. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> this is San Francisco, but. Um, but it's really great because you can go have an activity every single night and you don't have to drink at all. Like it's one of those things where you can laugh and have a great time and not drink. But as much as I like that, I really wish I was home with my vibrator. So, <laughs> but don't get the wrong idea, you perverts. I'm talking about my Theragun because I have, <laughs> I have been riding my bike up and down a lot of the hills in 
in the Bay Area, and it's very painful. And I realize that I need a boyfriend, um, or I guess I could have a girlfriend also. The only reason why I need one is because I really, it's very hard to get to your hamstrings with a Theragun. So it's like, it's just not the same. I need somebody to do it to me. But I definitely am not bringing that Theragun anywhere near this part of my body. For those of you listening, um, audio only, I'm pointing to my crotch. Uh, because it's basically, okay, and I need help on this one. When, okay, when the boxers do that thing, I know it's called speed bag, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because that's basically what a Theragun, if you tried to use it like a regular vibrator on your clit, it would literally be like a boxer. But what is the right verb for that? Like, do, are you speed bagging? Like, I, do you know what I mean? Or you're speed bagging. That's the proper, like, Like what, like if the boxer, if like the guy who trained Rocky was like, go over there and speed bag, like, is that how the term goes? Do you, okay, so it is speed bagging. Okay, so I'm not gonna speed bag my clit with my Theragun because, <laughs> because that is very, that sounds very painful and my crotch has already suffered enough from spending so much time on a bike seat, which I think, I've determined how the bike seat was invented. Um, it definitely was a pervy, Victorian ornithologist. I'm convinced because it's basically like, you know, this this like guy who is really into birds was so into birds that he's like, I want to sit on their face. But of course, a bird beak, like teabagging, not speed bagging, but teabagging a bird is not really like, um, you know, most bird beaks are pretty small and I'm pretty sure the dodo probably had already gone extinct at this <laughs> point. So he's like, I'll make my own and stick it on a post and, you know, shove it up against my crotch. And it's very uncomfortable. So, <laughs> so they basically, like, it really, the bicycle hasn't changed since it was originally invented. I mean, it started out as the, um, as the uh, penny farthing. Do you know what that is? Yes. And the, which is really, come on, that's really just a unicycle with a training wheel. I mean, and then they switched it over to the, the safety bike, which is what they call like the modern version of a bicycle because people would fall off of the penny farthing a lot and when you're up five feet, you know, that could cause some definite damage. But basically technology really hasn't changed that much since then. The exception being that they have cut a hole in the middle of a bike seat so to alleviate the pressure on your soft tissue. But I think it sounds great in theory, but it doesn't really work. I mean, I don't even know what that hole is called. It's either like the Grundel Gap the you know perineum passage maybe like the gooch gully i don't know the taint travasse anyway but it's one of those things where in theory it seems like it would be great but i feel like unless you can actually stick your genitals and i'm talking about for both guys and girls right like if i mean for me if i would have to take off my bike shorts and like shove each of my labia lips in there <laughs> like i'd have to or it's basically like i'd be filing you know so <laughs> And then, but for guys, I mean, you know, like you'd have to stick your scrotum in there. And I just imagine it really is like teabagging. It'd be like, ah, because the hole goes like this, right? So anyway, um, yeah. And I'm definitely not going to start biking around naked in San Francisco because I reserve that for Burning Man only. So um, I'm definitely not. I think there's like those old dudes um, who walk around the Castro with their like, penis and junk wrapped in a, like a little sequins cloth. But other than that, I think that nobody else should be sitting on their bike naked. So 
I, I don't know if that's all my time, but I could keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, the whole reason why I started the biking so much is because I'm doing the AIDS life cycle, which if you're familiar with that, it's a ride from San Francisco down to LA and it's a total fucking scam because you have to pay, you have to pay $85 just to register for this. And then you have to raise $3,000 they call it a ticket to ride like cute marketing slogan to try to trick people into thinking they've accomplished something but basically to for the honor of dragging your ass down the length of california and sleeping in a tent every night and the whole reason why i really did this i mean yeah curing aids is like a noble cause blah 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 whatever but it's really because i have this ass that's you know i'm asian so my face is flat and my ass is even flatter and so i'm biking to try to get a booty but I don't know if it's working because basically the only way I'm getting a booty is when I put on those bike shorts and it looks like I'm wearing a poise pad that I took a dump in which is not that's not really the booty that I was looking for but that's what I'm getting so anyway okay that's it for me <laughs> thanks guys. Hillary Landon and her toddler baby booty yay you should vest that ass like a toddler and put it with the poise pad duty booty because you said at the beginning that you have an ass like a toddler and toddlers still wear diapers so you've got like a duty booty like a baby duty booty with the i mean i don't know the poise pad in the put in the pooper <laughs> i just i'm just doing alliteration because it's fun all right um the rest of our um comics it's so funny i have no idea why nine comics who pre-sign aren't here yet but we're gonna let lauren do her joke that she fucked up on and uh yeah everybody lauren kraut yay Thank you, Pam. Thank you for bearing with me with this other room. Um, oh, thanks. Uh, why do we have to be afraid of God? Because God isn't God supposed to be all loving and caring? And if we respect God, certainly. Honor God, yes. But why do we have to be afraid of God? Because having fear in a relationship is just a recipe for disaster. Thou shalt have no other gods before me is fear. Oh shit, I shouldn't be reading this. Be afraid, mortal, be very afraid. What exactly does it mean before me when it says, thou shalt have no other gods before me? What does it mean? Does it mean like earlier? Does God let, like not get up until 10 o'clock in the morning? Does there no other gods before me? You're on your own. I don't know. And is God that insecure, thinking that we won't care? or we won't come back, God doesn't like us. I mean, I have, I'm a neurotic mess and I have more confidence than that. <laughs> Thank you. That's the end of that one. Can I do one, can I do a joke? Uh, can I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, I like that, thank you. I, I love thinking about what God does, and I have all the, I'm going to string together all my God jokes one day and have just like an hour on God. And oh, yeah, then, I, then I'll have a church. Yes, question? That's a good question. Why, what is devil's lettuce? <laughs> oh, shit, should I know that? Oh, oh, is it? Uh. Yeah? I never heard that. Uh uh. Lettuce. 
<laughs> yes, I, I am. Grandma. You know, <laughs> That's your reason, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Devil's Lettuce. I'll remember that. I like that one. Uh, um, I was going to just do a song. Um, yeah. Yeah, you have. Yeah. The OCD song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was singing this song on my way here tonight. Perhaps you know it. I like to count things in my head, cause I have OCD. I like to drive myself insane and do so endlessly. You remember that Coca-Cola ad from the 70s? I like to teach the world to count and be obsessed like me. Where everything has a number to count and sometimes it won't rhyme. Everybody, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Ladies only. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. OCD is the real thing, not Coca Cola. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Yay, Lauren Kraut. Oh, you made it! You made it! Everybody put your hands together. She made it! Oh my gosh, your hair's all curly. It's cute. It's like you curled it today. Look at that. Everybody put your hands together for your next comedian, Denise Lee! The haircut lady was like, oh my gosh, you can go out after this. I was like, I'm going home <laughs> after this. Um, cool. Okay, let's see. Here we go. Um, okay, cool. So uh, my parents are, so I was born in America, but my parents are immigrants. Uh, so my parents are Buddhist, Chinese immigrants, and you know, very grateful that they came to America, right? So that I could have civil rights, like freedom of religion, freedom of speech. And then I started doing stand-up comedy, and they were like, not that much freedom of speech, you know? <laughs> like reel it in a little bit. Um, okay, so that was that was that. Uh, I uh, have you guys seen like those like big chunky shoes people wear? Basically, like these, basically, <laughs> like 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 the like the shoes that look like uh, like white suburban dads from the '90s wear, right? So recently, got a pair of those, right? And I have like this very fashionable fashionable friend, and she came up to me and she was like, "Oh, you're trying to get shoes that look like Drake's, right?" And I was like. Who's Drake? <laughs> I was like, does Drake also have plantar fasciitis? <laughs> like, that's why I got these. Maybe we have the same podiatrist or something, right? I don't know. Um, uh, I, I I do I do also really like the trend, the fashion trend of like baggy jeans, you know, um, because it's really comfortable. But my sister hates it. Like I got lunch with her earlier. And she was like, dude, like, those jeans make you look super sloppy. And I was like, we're in a Waffle House. <laughs> and I was like, it is a miracle I'm wearing clothes, you know? Like, this is elite here. And she was like, no, 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 I just mean, you know, like, wearing, like, baggy jeans just makes your butt look flat. Like, you don't want your butt to look flat. super unflattering. And I was like but my butt is flat, you know? Like, can't just put on a pair of pants, like turn like a slice of bread into like a dinner roll or something, right? It's not magic. 
Uh, I did start seeing a personal trainer recently uh, because I wanted to just become healthier, increase my self-esteem, turn my slice of bread into a dinner roll, you know, that kind of thing. I do not think it's going to work out. Our first session, my trainer was like, okay, we're going to have you lift heavy weights so you can look strong and intimidating so nobody fucks with you. And I was like, but I want to be fucked with. You know, I was like, that's the whole reason we're here. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to look intimidating. I want to look accessible. Like, the goal is to be low-hanging fruit, you know? That is, that is what we're going for here. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm excited because I think we're past the point of the year where people are still doing New Year's, New Year's resolutions, right? A couple months ago, like I had lunch with a friend, uh, one of those friends who wanted to eat healthy. And when I asked if she wanted to get dessert, she was like, no, like, do you know what artificial sugar does to your body? It's super unhealthy. And I was like, yeah, okay. But we just did cocaine in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, like that was the appetizer. Like, I think sugar is fine here. I didn't actually do cocaine. I did watch her do it, like a sad-ass episode of Euphoria. But I think, like, generally, I just don't have the vibe of someone who regularly partakes in drug usage, you know? Like, I don't think anyone's that surprised. Um, but, uh, like, the last time I took a weed edible, it just made me get really high and want to file my taxes without using TurboTax. You know, I was like, oh, I can do anything. I got pen and paper. Who cares? Apparently the IRS does, so things are great. Um, I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, I work in an office job, and it's a lot more drama than you would think, right? Like uh, recently, I got reported to HR. That was fun. Uh, I got reported for saying the word guys in meetings, like, hey, guys. Apparently the word guys is uh, gendered and exclusionary. And so I'm doing my best now, trying to be more gender neutral and supportive of my colleagues in meetings. So lately I've been going into meetings and just saying, good morning, assholes. <laughs> you know, like Everyone has one. It's very gender neutral. Okay, I've been Denise. Thank you so much. Yay, Denise. All right, your next comedian just showed up. I saw him outside. Clap your hands together for a JD. Yay. Damn, do you have the camera set up? How did you see me? Oh damn. Okay. I'm glad they I'm glad they see me. I'm did not prepare for this. I'm so sorry. Uh it's all good. How are you guys doing? You guys having a good good night? Um I'm having a pretty good year. Yeah. I've been uh been cooking a little bit more. I've been uh using MSG also. So if you guys don't just want to stop Asian hate, you wanna spread some Asian love, start cooking with MSG. Shit is delicious. So good. Uh, it turns out MSG just censored, mmm, <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody's seen me do that bit like a hundred times. It's, so, it's such a, it's great for my throat. It's, it's, I got a very congested throat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fire, right? It's delicious. Every single time I do that bit, like every, all the Asian people in the crowd, crowd are like nodding and all the white people are like, oh, can I laugh? But uh, yeah, I mean. MSG was rumored to like cause cancer, right? And like, I don't know if you know this, but turmeric actually prevents cancer, right? Per but turmeric actually like tastes like cancer. It's so bad. But like MSG like tastes like meat. So I just eat ass now. This is all very confusing, you know? Sprinkle a little bit of turmeric on it, you know? Pre-game pre with some MSG, we're good to go. Yeah. Uh, 
I am Asian, which is it is cool, but uh, I also realize that I don't really think Indian people need to be grateful for like roles in movies anymore in Western movies because like they pass this up on Lord of the Rings and I'm like still a little buttered about that, right? That's like that's like casting mice for Ratatouille. Like what the you had the next best thing, right? I don't know, I don't know, because like if you think about it, the story is like a short hairy Indian man. Oh sorry, short hairy man <laughs> traveling far. And hiding precious gold from the government, okay? That's straight up my dad's life story, okay? This is straight plagiarism. Somebody needs to get, like, come on. You guys wouldn't have watched, like, Harold and Kumar escape from Mordor? Come on, man. That would have been so nice. You just watched them, like, travel to Mount Doom, you know? And then struggle to leave Mount Doom because Sauron took their passports. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's way better, right? Lower the migrant workers. All right, moving on. Uh... I, uh, I'm not gay. Uh, I know the earrings kind of threw you guys off a little bit, but uh, I think I have a gay uncle. Like, he, he, I don't think he, he's not out of the closet yet, but like he spends a lot of time in the paint section at fucking Walmart, so <laughs> there's a few signs there. I don't know. I, I don't know. He's very, very fond of the paint. But uh, yeah, I think he's gay, but like I, I, he's not a very sexual person, right? So I was like, I was, I'm kind of confused. But then it hit me, not his dick. It just hit me. <laughs> it hit me like... <laughs> He's like a, s a sprail, like conservative Indian man. So I, I would imagine he looks at gay sex a lot, like we look at all us adults look at, like ice cream trucks, right? Because like if it like chases you down and like all the kids say it's okay, then every now and then can't hurt, right? <laughs> Give it a second. I, I try to. I try. Like, the bit's too fast. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm thinking about buying a gun, but you guys are doing a solid job of making me reconsider that. Because uh, are we a Second Amendment crowd? Do you guys like guns? No. For sure, for sure. Buying a gun is scary, though, right? I understand why people go to Walmart. It makes it way less real. But uh, do you guys know you can 3D print guns now? That's pretty fire. That's pretty cool, right? I think these guns are like great because it's great for suicide specifically, like for preventing it, because like it would never happen, right? Because like you'd be like. I want to kill myself. Like, I plan to kill myself, but I can't find the last two screws, so I guess I'll just do it tomorrow. Yeah. Guns are like Ikea furniture now. It's fine. But I also think this is, like, how we get, like, the first Asian school shooter, right, basically? That's that's the whole reason we got 3D printed guns. I mean, I, I can't think of another reason, right? It's like, oh, my God, Alex Lee, where did you get that gun? It's like, don't worry. I just made it. <laughs> don't I, I brought all, like, oh, fuck that up. <sighs> I'm smiling too much. Sorry, guys. You guys, you guys are, you guys are a good crowd. I appreciate it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave on that. Thank you. Have a nice night. The mic's a little sweaty. I'm sorry. Your next median just walked in the room. He's super funny. Uh, here, I'll do one joke just in between. Um, why can't Californians have guns? Cause they're always triggered. Ah! Put your hands together for your next comedian, John Gallagher. Thank you. I, uh, are you guys familiar with Ann Fong at all? Do you know who that is? So if you go around the mission over a couple streets, there's a, a billboard for a Vietnamese attorney named Ann Fong. Yeah, something goes wrong, you call Ann Fong. I mean, it's excellent. They're all over my neighborhood, and the other day I was walking around and I like, uh, I was laughing because. One the, I don't know how this happened, but somebody in a, in a neighborhood in Oakland uh, put up two Anne Fong billboards directly across the street from each other. 
like Anne Fong is looking directly into a mirror, having like an existential <laughs> crisis, you know, like <laughs> something's wrong. Call Anne Fong, you know. It's like <laughs> who do who does Anne Fong call? It's amazing. It's like that. You ever hear a, a Pagliacci? You ever hear that that saying? You guys know what that is? That's uh yeah. That's the one about. Uh, so it's the saying about the the man. He's really depressed. He goes to the doctor, right? And the doctor's like. He's like, I'm, I'm depressed, doctor. I'm going to kill myself. What do I do? All he lists all the shit that's wrong with his life. And the doctor goes, we got to go see the great clown Pagliacci. He's hilarious. He's like, and then the guy cries. He goes, I'm Pagliacci, you know? It's like that billboard's like that, but with a Vietnamese attorney, you know? It just makes you, makes you really think. What does Anne Fong get up to? I uh, saw the Batman. I liked it. It was long. Three hours long. Batman, uh, they have to keep making him grittier, right? Like, eventually... Because they have to keep making him darker. That's what they do every time. Like, you walk in this theater, it's like, this is the darkest one you've ever seen. It's like, Bruce Wayne was fingered this time. You're like, oh, God, what? No. And that's, and that's not what happened. I had a couple comics who were like, thanks for spoiling it. Do you think, you think Batman was fingered to start this PG-13 franchise? I'm not spoiling this movie for you. Yeah, I know. Some people, some people thought that was real. Can you believe that? They thought that Bruce Wayne was molested. He's not in this movie. It's a joke. I was, okay. Anyway, the world keeps turning. Uh, but so anyway, fucking, uh, they have to make all the vil- villains easier to, or evil too. Because like the Joker, Heath Ledger's was super evil. So they have the Riddler this time. And the Riddler is like just a man that asks annoying questions, you know? He's not that gritty. He's just an annoying person. He has the same power as like a five-year-old. You know what I mean? He's just like, figure this out. You're like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Go to prison, you idiot. You're so annoying to me. And that's what he does. And then, like, uh, the thing I was laughing about is in this movie, uh, there's a scene. This doesn't this isn't ruin anything. Like, there's a scene where the Riddler's in a coffee shop, and the camera zooms into the coffee cup, and you see that the Riddler has drawn little foam art of a question mark, you know? Because you're like, oh, my God, this dude's so fucking evil. He learned how to make a question mark in foam? How fucking diabolical is this guy? I mean, we've seen psycho killers, but this guy took a Starbucks barista job to kill everyone in Gotham? What a fucking psychotic motherfucker, dude. And you're sitting there, like, all the, I don't know, there's all the things about Starbucks workers, like, organizing. You're like, oh, that's why. That's the real issue, right? Nothing worse than a, a billionaire hating organized labor. That's why Bruce Wayne really doesn't like this guy. His coffee job. It's just a little thought. Had. Uh, fucking, uh, yeah, man. Something worth thinking about, dude. Does it blow your mind, man? What, uh, fucking, I don't have too much other stuff to think about, man. I just got here in a little rush. Sorry. I, uh, I live in, I live uh, by a lake, and people are like, that's cool. And I'm like, it's in Oakland. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's good. It's Lake Merritt. It's beautiful. But I was walking past it, and this man, like, on the side of the lake just goes, hmm. Looks like your skateboarding days are over. <laughs> well, I guess this day was good and now it's bad. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you. John Gallagher, everyone. We've got three comics left. They all just walked in the door. Clap your hands together for your next comedian, Kelly Evans. Hey, everybody. How's it going? What's going on? Put that on record. What's up? You guys uh, do drugs? Everybody have done them? Well, yeah, right? Fuck yeah. Ooh, yeah. Fucking drugs. Yeah. Ah, don't do them. They're bad. I did heroin. Okay, let's start off strong, shall we? 
Just kidding. It was Oxycontin. It was not as bad. It was... It was bad. It was probably pretty bad. You ever seen Scared Straight, the show Scared Straight, right? Where they like try to uh, uh, prevent delinquent teens from doing drugs. I could have used that, you know? It's like basically they take them to a prison uh, to be threatened by uh, grown felons and convicts with thinly veiled threats of butt-fucking, you know? <laughs> like, you know, that's what they're talking about. But they're not saying it, but they're saying it. You're like... Fucking grab my pocket. I'm like, all right, we know what's happening. Anyway, that's watching that show uh, as a kid. That's how I feel as an adult, like when I see people doing drugs in the tenderloin, because I'm like, maybe I'll do heroin again. And then I see some guy screaming into the abyss. Ah! I'm like, I'm good. I'm actually good. I think I'm good on heroin now. <laughs> this is the best scared straight program. Just moving to San Francisco has <laughs> done it for me. I was like, fuck, you got to walk everywhere, so you're super up close to it. <laughs> like, in Houston, I had to drive, so it was like, I just didn't see it until, you know, I was doing it. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I see what happens. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm from Texas. I'm from Houston, Texas, and uh, which means I have, uh, I have city family and I have country family. And my country family, I always shock. It surprises me, like, their point of view on things. Like, I told my uh, cousin that I got vaccinated, and her response was, You got vaccinated? Ain't you fancy? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a weird way to respond to that news, you know? She also thinks the fact that I um, uh, know all the dates in the months, you know, like 30, 31. She refers to that as book learning. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. You're fucking dumb. Holy shit. Um, yeah, but it's not, it's serious. It's not as bad. Like my uncle actually feels like the vaccine like is a threat. He is legitimately terrified about it. He's constantly trying to warn me. He was like, when I first got vaccinated, he's like, shouldn't have done that boy. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I have it on good authority that uh, vaccine, they're trying to sterilize you, man. You fucking idiot. I'm like, what? Authority. You work at Home Depot. What the fuck? Is it Carl and Lumber? Is that who's cracking the case on mRNA right now? What the fuck are you? You are an idiot. You know what his fucking source was? His authority was a website called uh, wakeupsheeple.com. Was his... <laughs> It was like, it's Alex Jones approved. I'm like, why are we talking at all right now? And, uh, okay, I lied a little bit. That Actually, I made up that website. I did. That's not the actual name. It was a dumb enough website like that. Um, however, there is a wakeupsheeple.net, though. That is a real website. You should check it out. Uh, anyway, I don't have enough time to do the rest of that joke. So I'm just going to move on. Um, yeah, his his argument against the vaccine was like, I am healthy. I don't need a vaccine, all right? I have God and exercise to keep me strong. I was like, you get winded going upstairs, and you eat 12 pounds of beef a day. So you are not healthy. What the fuck are you talking about? What are those that stand? Like, I, that's how we eat in Texas. That I didn't realize that was not normal to eat that much meat or food in general until I was like 22 and I was like, wait, you guys don't have to lie in the fetal position after lunch every time? You guys don't have to fucking just be blinded by pain every meal? That's really, all right, that's fucking, you guys do it the way you want to, I guess. Anyway, all right, that's my time. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Kelly Evans, everyone. We've got two comics left. Don't get comedy pneumonia. Clap your hands together for Jason King. Yeah. 
Give it up for Kelly Evans, everybody. Give it up for this room. Let's see. Kelly was talking about the vaccine, about people not wanting to take the vaccine. I didn't write a joke about this, but I recently read an article about a man who took 90 vaccines. 90. Yeah, this guy needs to stop losing his card. Um, <laughs> if, 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 he, if he's like actually legitimately into it, I don't know why you do it now, because like, the vaccine is only like, like 37% effective. It's almost like he's in it for the side effects at this point, <laughs> you know? Like the police dragged him out. He's like, no, I want to be sterile. <laughs> All right, let's see. What do I want to talk about? I, um, I was at a bar recently, and I saw a sign at the bar that said, strictly no elephants. Yeah, which uh, perplexed me quite a lot uh, because the word strictly implies that there was a more lenient elephant policy at some point in time. <laughs> like at some point in the past, you'd walk in with an elephant and then the guy would be like, hey, I usually don't do this, but since this is a young adult pachyderm, I'll let it slide. <laughs> okay, cool. That's a weak joke. We'll try another one. Here we go. I... Uh, Apparently there was an article that came out uh, that said that uh, driving high it has like no negligible change in, in like people's safety. Um, I just want to know how they conducted that test. <laughs> you know, like they got a thousand people. They're like, here's some weed. Go drive. <laughs> like, could you imagine if that ended up bad? Right. Like they finished like, hey, uh, here's a report out of a thousand drivers. Deaths only amounted to 45,000. <laughs> All right, cool. That one's okay. I um, was watching Jerry Springer recently, um, and I watched this episode, you know, where this woman was yelling like, yeah, it's his kid, it's his kid, whatever, you know, like, and then all of a sudden, like, the dude rolls out, and he's in a wheelchair, and I was like, he's probably not the father, <laughs> Right, and then they showed the kid on the screen. The kid was in a wheelchair, and I was like, "Definitely the father." <laughs> you know, unless this lady's like messing with a bunch of dudes in wheelchairs, and then they like test the wheelchair guy. Right, they're like, "You're negative." Right, he starts doing wheelies or whatever, <laughs> and then some guy, <laughs> some guy pulls up in those like next level like uh, crutches. Like, I told you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I think one thing that's interesting is that if you say a word enough, it just ends up in the dictionary. So I was reading the Oxford Dictionary today because I was like on a work call and it was very boring. And uh, I saw the, the word amazeballs. Yeah, it even had etymology on it. It was like amazeballs, 21st century word derived from the word amazing and balls. <laughs> Right. Apparently, they they entered amazeballs into the dictionary in 2014, along with mansplaining, catfishing, and titties. Yeah. Yeah, that was my thing. I think I would think it was a bit delayed. D titties is a bit delayed. I'm just excited for the 2022 words, you know, because then you're gonna see bureaucracy, burglary, and bussin. I don't know if you know what bussin is, but the etymology is bussin. Hey, how's it going, Newman? It's going to be bussin', a uh, 21st century word often used to describe food that makes you want to bust your load. <laughs> All right. Fine. All right, that's good enough. I'm peacing out. Have a good day. Jason King! I've never heard the term bussin'. 
I mean, bustin', like bustin' a nut, but bussin', like bu- bustin' a nut. I see. Okay. Etymology, good stuff. Your last comedian of the night. Put your hands together for Newman Shake. Yeah, let's go, guys. Um, anybody here microdose? Yeah, I, li- I like, I know, I, it depends on what I'm microdosing. Like, I love microdosing shrooms, acid, all that good stuff. But I've been microdosing sleep recently, and it's been a lot harder, you know? Microdose sleep today, and now I'm fucking here, so that's, that's cool. Um, I don't know, I, I'm very poor right now. Like, I'm at a point in my life where my answer to the question, do you want fries with that, has the potential to, like, ruin my credit score. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I feel like you can tell how bad the economy is based on the age gap between a woman and her boyfriend. I feel like that takes a while for people to get. I don't know, maybe. Is it a good joke or is it just... I don't know. Um, I feel like women should use the period excuse more often. You know, because like, if me and you had periods, we would have used that like all the time. Like Will Smith came out after the Oscars and said, you know what, I just had period cramps. He'd be a hero. I don't have a lot of Indian friends because I like to feel special about myself. Fuck you, Ajayna. <laughs> Not my friend. Um, but me and my token Indian friend, we were talking recently, and he was like, Newman, I want to get in touch with Indian culture and stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, you should go for it. And the next time I met him, he had an Indian accent. He didn't have before. That was a very new thing. And I don't know, man, it's weird. I feel like having an Indian accent to be part of Indian culture is like playing Mario Kart to be part of Italian culture. Like, that's not not how that works. And um, I don't know. It was it kind of bugged me that he was talking like that, so I asked him why he was doing that. And he said he was starting a yoga class, and he wanted to seem authentic to white people. And honestly, that's just great marketing right there. Like, if Ajay wasn't here right now, I would be doing an Indian accent right now. I... I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but as an Indian person, Kumar from like the Harold and Kumar movies means a lot more to me than Kamala Harris. Like, like fuck the White House. I want to go to White Castle. Hey. Yeah. Um. I don't know what else do I want to talk about. I feel like astrology is getting out of hand right now. You know what I mean? Like my friend, she got a DUI recently, and her excuse was, "I'm just an Aries." I look pretty sure an alcoholic. I don't know what sign that is, but it can't can't be good. I don't know. I feel like we're getting to a point where like astrology is gonna be used like a legal defense. Like there are gonna be people in court, like, you know what, my client killed eight people, but Mercury's in retrograde. He's a fire sign, that's just what happens, you know? I feel like Amelia Earhart is the worst feminist. You know what I mean? Like she said she was gonna fly over the Atlantic and then she just didn't. You know how much ammo that gives me as a guy? Like, every time my girlfriend gets too ambitious. I'm just kidding. I don't have a girlfriend, so. I don't know what else. Um, I, was, um, I was watching that show Intervention recently, and there was a, po- there was a part in that show where this woman was like, an addiction is technically, de- technically defined as when you do something so much you can't function normally anymore. It's like, wow, that is a stupid definition. Because babies are sober all the time. They can't function normally. I think an addiction should be described as when you do something so much, it becomes the most interesting thing about you. Like, if you're at parties and you're being introduced, like, hey, this is my friend, the ketamine guy, then yeah, you need help. All right, goodbye, guys. Newman Shake!
All right, everybody, we did it. That's so great. And it's early enough that I still get to get another set, and it's late. So thank you all. Thank you to our two real audience people that have souls. These two guys are not comedians. They're just people. Thank you for being here all night. Uh, and to all the comedians who hung out and, and performed. And Lauren, you're always so amazingly supportive. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll be back on Monday for Joke Workshop and tomorrow at 2 o'clock for Titans of Comedy at Atlas around the corner on 20th Street. Uh, bye, yeah. It's the bottom the horses wonder who you are. Listening to the Gates of Delirium. This is episode number 25. We're listening to Dead Can Dance. We're listening to Dead Can Dance, a neo gothic musical enterprise started in the 80s, blending all sorts of disparate musical elements. Into a lush tapestry. There it is. I get to say that again. A lush tapestry of sound. Once again, we'd like to thank Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred has never trousered a man without trousering his soul. Alfred brings truth with every pair of trousers he sells. Alfred will set you on the straight and narrow answer your deepest existential questions. Rely on Alfred for the best in trousers and for the meaning of life.
We are listening to Open Country Joy from Mahi Beach and Orchestra. The album Birds of Fire, 1974. We're going to continue with Soft Machine. This is Ban Ban Caliban. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. FM. Thank you. 
Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, 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 that is a long acronym, and it's been long for a long time of years. That is that is longest <laughs> name. Six years, seven years. You know, uh, I think we're approaching. That's why uh, we have two listeners. L W A. What was it again? Oh yeah, the other listener thinks they're listening to the L W A F podcast, long winded as fuck, <laughs> which is two guys watching Netflix shows. So, but we're not that. We are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, as our acronym describes. Right now, we're on MutinyRadio.fm every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, following Found Round Sound with Scott O. Last week, I called him Steve O. Oh, Scott O. Yeah, Scott O. We're also right now on YouTube, as we are every week. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, for the full experience. But you could DYI it today uh, by listening to our podcast and watching a full-length movie on YouTube at the same time. That's the premise. That's what the acronym stands for. Why do you need to know this acronym, Carl? We have a podcast, too. You can find it by searching L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. So you have three options right now. You're listening to us on Mutiny Radio Sunday. You're watching our YouTube channel or you're listening to our podcast. And all we ask in return, why don't you donate some money to Mutiny Radio? Go ahead to Venmo and send a couple bucks at Mutiny Radio. Uh, Carl, gosh, good to see you, man. Good what movie are we you. watching? Oh, I should mention, Carl is a co-host. Gotcha, Carl. Uh-huh. That, means, that means he wrote the theme song. He produces and edits the show. He interviews a celebrity comedian who will do our countdown to the movie today. And he researches the movie every week. But for today, it's the switcheroo. Carl asked me to research and watch several times a movie and presented today. Carl, what was that movie? That was Green Grow the Rushes, 1951. Green, that's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Green Grow the Rushes, 1951. The channel we like is Aminat Oldies. Aminat Oldies. Terrific. Well, I'm really excited about that. Green Grow the Rushes, 1951. And you know what, Carl? Maybe if we're good, if we're good, and I don't have to pull this car over, I will sing you the folk song, Green Grows the Rushes. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, are you? I don't think you are. Well, I'm pretending. 
I don't think you want to know what this is about. Do you want okay. to know what it's about? Well, it's, there's washes and they grow. And when they grow, they appear green. Oh, so, okay, fair enough. Do you, do you know the, the REM cover? Green rush, the green grow the rushes? Okay, so I did watch this film and when I searched Why? for it. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, just so I wasn't out of context. I didn't do yeah. any, re I only watched right. it once. I hardly fair paid enough. attention. And I did see REM come up. Now, I was an REM fan. I thought I knew everything they did. I did not know they did. They did a song called Green Grass of Rushes. And if I could understand what the fuck he's saying, I think it is the, the folk song, which I will sing at the end. Okay. You know how you know how the 12 days of Christmas is Christmas is Christmas? Christmas but it's Christmas. not Christmas because we're not singing about anything Christian? Yeah, it's the it's same song, the but mm -hmm. every single night there's a fucking something about religion in it. So we're going to have to wait till the end of this movie. Man, we got a packed show for you tonight. Not only did we have an amazing introduction, we are going to watch Greengrass the Grushes. Go ahead, into your searches. Search for it. <laughs> okay. In the YouTube search engine, everyone put in Green Grow the Rushes, right. 1951. And the channel we like again was, what is an oldies? You're not going to find a lot of channels. I'm a nuts oldies, right. It's the only movie version of Green Grass the Grushes. Yo. You did it again. Green Grass. Green Bros, oh, the rest is oh oh god fuck. And I think right. that that title has nothing to do with this film. I mean, they're in a marsh. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of Mr. Show. They could call it flippity do, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 crazy British farce. Uh, green grass aggressive. So go ahead, hit that link. Hit pause. Zero zero zero. What am I not pronouncing the name? Green. Pronouncing isn't the right word. You're using different words. <laughs> green grush the grushes grow right green right. grush the brushes 1951 grow. that's what you don't put in the youtube search engine listen so we did the introduction we told them where to go they got the link we're about to launch into a pre-recorded interview carl did with a celebrity comedian who yeah. is going to launch us into the movie so yeah. we have yeah and then we'll be watching the movie and at the end i will sing this fucking song all right so what a pack <laughs> You know, most of these bad movie podcasts, Carl, they're two hours long because they talk about the movie. Ours is two hours long because we talk over the entire movie. Right. Right. Much better. All right. So we're going to kick this off, Carl. I am obviously very animated and excited to see this movie. So let us meet Carl. With He's going to talk to a celebrity comedian. We'll learn about the celebrity comedian. And then they will do the countdown. And when they say go, hit go. And we'll see you then. I'll see you then. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Bahe Ho! Welcome, Bahe! Thank you so much. It's fantastic to be here. I'm Mike Spiegelman. I'm on this interview, too. I'm a good friend with Bahe, and I'm glad to have you on the Celebrity Comedian Countdown portion of our show. Usually Thanks. these interviews are conducted by Carl. We're going to pick your brain, Bahe. I know Bahe is a comedian in San Francisco, a very funny comedian, and also probably one of the best showrunners, has the best show, better than Cheaper Than Therapy, better than The Punchline, better than anything you're going to see. In fact, it's baked in the title, The Best of SF Stand-Up Showcase. Uh, Bahe, what led you into doing this? How did this happen? The show? The one yeah. that we've been doing for eight years. Um, well, I always knew I kind of wanted to have my own show because it's kind of nice. It gives you a lot of artistic freedom to experiment in whatever way you want because nobody can tell you that, like, they don't want you doing that. 
um, except the audience. And the audience hasn't told me that. Like the audience, you know, we've developed kind of a, a little bit of a following of people who like know where the show is every Friday and they come back and we feature the best comics in San Francisco. Like Mike, you've been the yeah, it's right there in the title, and uh, it's fun. So, how did it come about? Yeah, I just, I just, um, well, we did a show for Variety, and then I approached them afterwards, and I was like, because it went so well, it was awesome, and uh, I was like, hey, do you want to work on like a regular show? And uh, they said, yeah, and so we did that, and it wasn't through like, without like their great cooperation, it wouldn't be possible because like. We certainly went through a lot of rough and rocky times. And I think, Mike, you were probably there for many of those. Yeah, uh, I should say, full disclosure, I worked the door for Vahe uh, for several years. The Variety Theater is one of the best theaters. It is one of the weird hidden gems in San Francisco. It's, it's a critics uh, theater screening room where for during the 90s I went once. Uh, but they all, you, all the critics would see the movies there. And it's run by the Variety Theater, which is a charity group that does these charity runs. And does the Vahe's live show. Now, what got you into comedy, though, Vahe? I mean, what was the reason? What was your voice? Um, so always as a, as a child, like in school, I was like making people laugh and trying to like be silly. I was like always like the silly kid, you know? And uh, I think I was always like trying to, because there was a lot of seriousness around me all the time, I felt like. I think I grew up in like a serious environment and stuff. And uh, I was trying to like break through that. And then... In high school, I did some, like, on-stage stuff, and it went, like, really well. So then I was like, oh, I really like this. And then I moved down to San Diego, and I started making trips to, like, the Laugh Factory. Um, but there's a comedy store on Pearl Street that I would go to um, sometimes and, like, some other stuff. And at that time, I think I was, like, 17 when I went up at the, the Laugh Factory the first time. And I told this story on Zoom. It was funny because, like, I went up on stage. I was really nervous. And uh, I went to the bathroom beforehand. And uh, I, so I, then I go up on stage and uh, everyone starts like laughing. And I think I'm doing really well, but it turns out my zipper is down. I didn't zip my pants. <laughs> Classic, right of passage, right of uh, comedy. Yeah. And then the guy, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? Like Jamie or whatever. I, I went up and like talked to him after that. And I don't even know if he saw because I think he would have mentioned something about the zipper being down. Like, you know how he gives advice to people? So he told me, like, do comedy. It was either a hundred more times or a thousand more times and then come back. So in other <laughs> words, don't come back for, like, a really long time. But I think it was cool that he, like, did that for comics, you know, because he was, like, the owner. I don't know if he still does that or what, but I didn't go there a ton of times because it was, like, an hour away from where I was going to school. But when I did, I got that feedback from him. and It was, like, a cool thing. So, yeah, it's the importance. I mean, the, the shows are for the audiences, but it also really does help comics to have like a kind of a solid place to, to go from. Pretty memorable. One of the things you guys did during the pandemic, I, so I was working with you and there was a big argument of whether or not you should run the show. I think it was March of 2020 at the time. And you guys went off and went virtual uh, doing interviews and then kicked off probably one of the most successful still running Zoom shows out there. How do you feel with having that title? <laughs> Um, it's cool. I like it because I like doing the show and stuff, but I think Zoom comedy does have like a bad connotation to it because I think people associate it with the pandemic and also it, it kind of removes like the person to person element of stand up, which I think many comics like hold so dear. Um, but it is a form of human connection and I think it will be around in the future. And I think, you know, based on the people that come, you were on the show last night. 
It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and you had a hundred audience members, and uh, uh, it was, they all have a kind of a community thing. It, it was it was pretty rock solid. You know, I feel like Zoom shows are like CNN. Like once there's a national emergency, everyone's clicking onto it. You know, we just have to wait for another uh, another pandemic. But I, I do think like the the cat's out of the bag, and and you guys run a real pro professional show too. Like, um, you had some notoriety because somebody fucked on uh, live. Can I bring that up? I don't. I don't want to albatross you, but uh, aren't you the show where someone fucked on live? A couple fucked. Uh, yeah, but it was like a tasteful fuck. You know, it was like it was like one of those like softcore porn movies. It wasn't like a hardcore. Right. But, uh, I mean, you know, the way I, I think about that is like during the pandemic, we all did a lot of crazy stuff, you know? <laughs> and I think we should all get like a pass for those couple years. I mean, geez, like, there's enough holding people accountable for every little thing. It's like, can we get, like, a pass during the pandemic? I mean, yeah, they had yeah. sex. I personally don't think sex is, like, a dirty, bad thing, personally. But, yeah, a lot of people thought it was bad. And, uh, well, they came They came to see the show. They came. They were focusing on stand-up. And yeah. any kind of extra stuff, they probably didn't appreciate it, maybe. I doubt it. But they, they came for the comedy, so they, they probably said, this isn't the comedy let you know yeah and i think our name can be misleading because it's a very like generic and kind of but also specific name you know but we, there's a lot that falls under that umbrella you know we add like a lot of personal uh kind of touch to what we do and i, I think some people yeah. are like they think it's like this thing and, and i think we've struggled with that because it is kind of a poor like marketing communication i guess in a way but uh but no, that was fun and that was memorable, and I don't regret that happening. Is there any like uh, suitable for work uh, crazy accidents happen on, on the Zoom show you want to bring up? Something that hasn't happened on a live show or? Hmm. or... Well, like it's always funny when you like tell a joke and then you hear someone like flush the toilet. You know, like <laughs> um, it really gives like uh, it's always such a humbling experience to do zoom comedy like honestly i think it keeps my ego in check i have like a problem sometimes with my ego and i think it like has kept me extremely humble so um but yeah crazy stuff i mean the nakedness people like we get the zoom bombers and it's funny because the zoom bombers they come on and they mess with the show and i'm like you know we have like an open mic portion of the show like you can actually do a set <laughs> you don't have to like do whatever you're doing and then after I said that, I was like, we want you to be, like, part of the show. Like, we love the energy they bring. Because, like, anybody who logs on to do anything, it's like they're bringing some kind of energy to what you're doing. And uh, so we kind of, like, worked a few of them into the fold. And they're, like, really young kids, you know? Yeah. And honestly, it's scary. Like, I hope that's not representative of all the young kids out there. Because, like, no, that's all the young kids. Of the country, then we're kind of like, yeah. So you got to pipe piper them into the right direction, Bahe. You got to be the ringleader in the future. So. Yeah, I think it's great for that. Yeah. yeah. One thing, so your live shows and your virtual shows are kind of crash landing together. Can you talk about your upcoming live event? Uh, granted, it's Halloween right now, but uh, you have you and uh, Christopher doing a show at the Moscone Center. Yeah, so we got an email from this uh convention uh fan expo at moscone sf and they're like do you guys want to stream or no they said record what you're doing on our like stage at the conference and uh i was like hell yeah i was like but we do a live stream and then he said at the moscone center the wi-fi is really bad so they, they don't won't do a live stream but they'll do like a three camera shoot recording where they like edit it like people edit it and stuff and it'll be seen live 
like from the people who were there and i was like obviously i really wanted to do that so so it would be a live, so people can go to the convention, see this live, and then you guys will edit it as a as a Zoom show, and then post it on YouTube or on your socials. Yeah, yeah, and I think like they're going to give us a lot of freedom in terms of what we do because this has evolved, and now it's like a competition, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. You competed last night. I thought I got three percent to the vote. Three percent. Yeah. That, that's myself because as a comedian, I learned you always vote for yourself. You're you are the funniest person in the room at all times. Totally. Otherwise, no one's gonna say that. So you always have to vote that's for so yourself. Right. Yeah. There was yeah. a one new time comic last night. God bless this gregarious gentleman. Uh, as loquacious as he was yesterday, he's like, I didn't vote for myself, and I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not a comic. That was his first time performing, so he hasn't learned that lesson. Yeah. I know. Well, it's it's stuck it's it stuck out to me. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to uh, influence. I didn't want to encourage him. But you know, you got to be cold to the new comics. They got to have a thick skin. Yeah, totally. I think he'll learn that. And because uh, if you don't vouch for yourself, like everyone else is, like got you know, a lot of comics are mostly focused on themselves. You know, they're not really in the business of helping like other comics so much. And I get it because it's so hard just to help yourself. Well, it's also a sole proprietorship, and, and you have to be driven, which means you're going to fuck people over if you really want, want what you get. It's, that's why you're driven, quote-unquote. That's Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've never fucked anyone over that I know of, um, and that's probably why I'm not successful. So like, Yeah, you got to keep your eye on your prize. you got to put your blinders on, and you got to fuck everybody around uh, around <laughs> you to get to what you want. And then you get it, and then you, then you uh, I don't know, fuck off. I don't know how it goes. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, Vahe, uh, I, so let's let's get some uh, uh, links where people can find you as a comedian, uh, your dates, uh, and also your this show that's run away uh, live and virtual. Okay. Yeah. So the virtual show is virtualcomedy.net. Um, virtualcomedy.com was taken, which is weird. Uh, Pandemic. Yeah. And then uh, bestofsfstandup.com is like for the live show. The classy room and it's a classy show. It has great, great. Uh, I mean, these are seats for critics to sit down and watch John Leguizamo in the past. So you know, these are the softest, greatest ass hugging seats you're ever going to experience for a live performance. Like you know, yeah. it's a great room. Which kind of works against it, I think, at times. But oh, they get too comfy. Yeah, because you don't want to be too comfy. It's a common known fact, right, that you don't want to be too comfy during a comedy show, I guess. So. Yeah, you got to keep the cold, the temperature cold. Cool. Uh, so we got all your links. We are now at the part of the uh, interview of the Celebrity Comedian Countdown, where you, our celebrity comedian, will do a countdown to our movie this week. Bahe, take it away. Okay. So uh, three, two, one. 